So, can't go through a day without talking about uh, coronavirus and COVID-19. Um, we, uh, we first, so, I don't, let's not talk about that yet. Um, just something different to start out with. Talking about WWE wrestling, 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 uh, sports entertainment, if you will. Um, I've been actually, I watch a lot of uh, talk about wrestling, wrestling podcasts, whatever, wrestling news on YouTube and whatever. And, uh, so this Sunday, if uh, you have the WWE Network, there's a spatial show uh, called Money in the Bank, and it's going to be it's pretty cool. It, I don't know what to expect. The uh, only thing they've built up so far is uh, the Money in the Bank match itself um is there anything that has a real you know storyline angle to it and uh the wrestlers are going to start the match male and female wrestlers at the same time uh there are going to be two briefcases on top of the wwe headquarters One for the men, one for the women. And they're going to start on the first floor of the corporate headquarters and have to fight their way to the top of the building uh, where from the pictures I've seen leaked online and different things, um, there's going to be a wrestling ring set up and ladders and so on. And then a, there's an apparatus like a scaffolding or a truss. And from the truss hangs the briefcases with the money in the bank contract, which the winner then can then use to cash in a shot at the WWE Championship of their choice at a later date. Uh, or they could do it that night, which has been done. They can cash in any time. Uh, rumors have it someone is going to fall from the top of the WWE headquarters, which what I've been told is a four-story drop four stories high, three or four stories. So that that's going to be rather interesting. Uh, another thing I heard was uh, Vince McMahon demonstrated the, the drop. He, he jumped off the corporate headquarters himself to show the wrestlers that it was safe. Um, so 
if all that's true, uh, just to see which wrestler takes the plunge is going to be, you know, worth watching. And the WWE Network, for those of you don't, that don't know, is only $9.99 a month. But while we're still on this uh, coronavirus lockdown, it's free. I don't know how much longer that's going to last as states are lifting their restrictions. But we'll see. Um, another thing about WWE wrestling, I've, you know, come to notice. And, you know, that everyone has their favorites. And I'm not saying this person's my favorite wrestler. But, um... You know, there's only one championship belt. You know, especially for the women's division. Well, there's, you know, a SmackDown women's champion and there's a Raw women's champion. So WWE kind of, well, and there's an NXT women's champion. And then there's, there are tag team champions that are supposed to go uh, between all three brands. And... So there's not a lot of belts in the women's division, put it that way. Uh, the men's division, you know, the world championship belt is about the only one that matters. It used to be like the intercontinental championship belt was like a big, big deal. But that's kind of, I don't know, it's just kind of taking a back seat now and kind of, they've kind of ruined it, I guess you could say. But uh, they take these characters and they'll, they'll take somebody off TV for a while. Maybe they're legit injured. So while they're rehabbing their injury, they'll develop a new character. Either the wrestler themselves will try to come up with something new or the company will come up with a new thing for them. And this happened with a girl named Liv Morgan most recently. And she was off uh, TV for a while. She, you know, came in, supposed to be a big thing with her and these other two uh, women called the Riot Squad. And they were just misused, misbooked, however you want to say it. Um... And they never really took off like many people thought they would. Um, I mean, they're all good wrestlers. Uh, Sarah Rowe, formerly Sarah Logan, is uh, or was Crazy Mary Dobson on the independent circuit and was a huge fan favorite. And she used to come out in, you know, Friday the 13th hockey masks with a little face paint and just act crazy and beat everybody up and uh, Ruby Riot I never heard of until she got into WWE same with Liv Morgan but they've all you know had good matches and been popular uh, in other places or else they wouldn't have got where they were so Liv Morgan gets a repackage from um, she was like a Harley Quinn kind of character. 
That was how she dressed and acted and stuff. And so they brought her back as a different Liv Morgan with a slightly different hair color. Um, she wears a patent leather wrestling outfit now. And, you know, that's about it. But she's been getting, you know, a good push since she's been back. She works her social media into her character. And so they have her beat, you know, her former Riot Squad partner, Ruby Riot, two weeks in a row. And you know, Liv comes up with a pretty cool finishing move. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's pretty cool in all this. And so then they have her come out on Raw this week and challenge NXT Women's Champion Charlotte Flair. Um, and it you know was non, not for the title, not for the championship. It was just a match. And it would have been a good time for Liv Morgan to gain popularity, right? Gain a big win over the, you know, top, maybe you could say the top female in the company. Instead, Flair pretty much dominates her for the match, which, you know, Charlotte has about six inches and 50 pounds on Liv. And Charlotte's a, a big strapping uh, woman. I mean, she's very... She's gorgeous. I don't want to make her sound manly or anything. But, you know, she's she's a big, strong woman. And so instead of having Liv get some offense in, really, you know, put Liv over, they have her lose. Why would you do that if you're trying to build that character up? It doesn't make sense. Now, the announcers tried to make it sound as if she really proved herself in some way uh, in taking this fight to Charlotte. And she got a few, you know, shots in and a few moves and stuff, but didn't really... To me, it just it, it killed her push more than anything. So that was kind of stupid. And they do this with other characters, too. Uh, they had a guy that was white-hot, so hot they had to put the championship on him Bray Wyatt the fiend and he you know he comes out in a scary mask that uh one of the top one of the top um costume guys in horror movies helped him make he makes a lot of prosthetic masks and things for horror movies. Um, and, you know, Bray was having good matches. He was, you know, he has the best, you know, promo segments on wrestling right now. The Firefly Funhouse. And so they put him in this thing called Hell in a Cell. And the referee stops the match for too much violence on the behalf of Bray's opponent. And then Bray ends up, you know, making a comeback after the match is over and beating up, beating up Seth Rollins. But then they go to Saudi Arabia and they have Bray beat Seth Rollins in Saudi Arabia for the world championship. 
And a lot of people say, you know, it was too soon for, you know, Bray to win the world championship. But he was so hot with the fans, they wanted to capitalize before uh, the, the heat wore off. Then Bray Wyatt had a, kind of a comeback with John Cena where Bray wrote this script where he gets inside John Cena's dreams as the fiend. And he's, you know, going through all these phases of John Cena. And what if John Cena would have turned bad guy like Hulk Hogan did. And all of these things that, uh, you know, have been rumored about John Cena. And put them all into a package. And it was the greatest WrestleMania scene. scene the greatest thing I've ever seen on wrestling. Um... And if you haven't seen it, you know, go YouTube search Firefly Funhouse Match. And it's great. It's a great scene. So, but that's just some of my thoughts. You know, they they took the belt off of Bray. Now I, he's wrestling for it again on Sunday. Uh, they had him lose to Bill Goldberg just so they could pass the belt to Roman Reigns. Uh at another show, I think, yeah, it was WrestleMania, but then Reigns couldn't make it to WrestleMania, so they had to have Braun Strowman, another guy deserving of a big push, and he was getting it after his repackaging, and then they just kind of dropped him down to a mid-card comedy act. Then, or now, you know, Braun Strowman's got the world championship, and they're doing an angle where, you know, Bray Wyatt was part of Braun Strowman's past. He brought Braun Strowman into the WWE. Then Strowman went his own way. Now Bray's going to make him pay for that and all this. And it's going to be pretty good. But again, you've got Bray Wyatt, who deserves to be world champion, is popular with the fans, even though people aren't watching these empty arena wrestling shows. I think I'm the only one that likes the empty arena wrestling shows because you get to hear the wrestlers talk and smack to each other in the ring and it makes it seem like a more realistic fight. I mean, if you're fighting somebody, you're not just going to, you know, you know, clothesline them or hip toss them or put them in your headlock or whatever. You know, there's usually FUs and, well, they don't say that on wrestling, but, you know, there's, you know, shit talk exchange during the fight uh you know if you had enough give up you know especially if two people really hate each other so in an empty arena show you can hear the wrestlers talking and i think that adds to the match uh from a television perspective but uh, i think fans are tuning out because the arenas are empty and it seems kind of ho-hum but and WWE really isn't putting their best product out there in front of an empty arena. The wrestlers are making it great. They're having great matches. But, you know, the WWE isn't really going full force with this. So, um, until this, you know, pandemic of fear ends, we're, we're going to be stuck with this kind of wrestling. 
Um, All Elite Wrestling is doing tremendous right now, however. They're exceeding uh, their expectations of what, you know, uh, TNT thought they would do. So, uh, it's evidently just a WWE problem. Um, And I personally think they have too many story writers and not enough wrestling people involved. Um, To make a long story short, uh, you know... Basically, NXT is uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, maybe a few other people involved in creating the gimmicks and the angles and the storylines. And it's where SmackDown and Raw, you have like a room with 13 writers, you know, television writers that have never been involved in wrestling. And they're pitching storylines. And, you know, Vince McMahon decides if he likes the storyline or not. So, interesting things, but... Daggone it. It just intrigues me. Why... Vince and WWE... Put so much into building up characters, and then they have them, you know, have a little bit of a run and say, Okay, that's enough. You're just another mid card wrestler. That's just my thoughts on that. So, we can't do anything. I mean, there's really not a lot going on um, outside this coronavirus stuff. Um, And a lot of people have been demonstrating and protesting, as we know. Um, And this is one of the reasons why. And it also tells you that your constitutional rights are still your rights. Uh, I found this on the Facebook feed for Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. There's a link in the description on YouTube for this. Uh, I'll I'll just read what he wrote. Uh, Emergency health orders... Don't suspend the Constitution. The governor of Kentucky ordered the state police to go to a drive-in Easter worship service, which he felt was a violation of this emergency health orders order. The cops wrote down license plate numbers and told churchgoers they were committing a crime and... The information was sent to the local health officials who then ordered every person quarantined for 14 days. On Saturday, the Federal Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals held the governor held that the governor violated the Constitution and the law. You can read the opinion here, and then there's a 
link to a PDF where you can look at the legal opinion. It's down in the description area. But basically, you know, freedom of religion is right smack dab in the Constitution. I mean, it's that simple. And they have changed this around so many times with these orders. You know, um, you know, I, I especially feel strongly about you know the church services. Um, I posted on well, I talked about my video and my uh, podcast yesterday. You know, my post on Facebook. God's not going to let you get sick in His house, but you know, God is everywhere. I guess you don't need to be in a church to, pardon me, uh, burp, you know, to to seek and talk to God and to worship God. You know, you can worship God by reading your Bible every day. You can worship God in prayer, which I do every day. Um, you know, those things. You can have a relationship with God, though going to church is strongly recommended because, you know, most of us aren't biblical scholars. And if you don't have a foundation or a pastor to ask questions, you're going to um, get... You're not going to, you may not understand everything and, you know, you may just have a, a bad experience or a bad opinion. Um, another twisty and turny of this corona, corona viral pandemic, I'll have to pause the YouTube feed, but I'll link this video in the description. Uh, the One America News Network. OAN is reporting that doctors report hydroxychloroquine has over 90% chance to cure coronavirus patients. Let me start this video and then I'll link it in ye description for the YouTube people. Any second now. In three, two, one, 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 one. According to doctors with the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, over 90% of patients treated with hydroxychloroquine successfully recovered from the coronavirus. One America's Pearson Sharp has this report. Leading U.S. doctors announced the drug hydroxychloroquine has a better than 90% chance of curing patients suffering from the coronavirus. According to the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, peer-reviewed studies published from January through April provide clear and convincing evidence that hydroxychloroquine is absolutely effective at combating the coronavirus. In a letter to the governor of Arizona this week, the executive director of the association says the drug is helpful in both pre-exposure and post-exposure, meaning it can help prevent the disease if you don't have it, and it can also help cure it if you do. 
the letter comes as Arizona Governor Doug Ducey issued an executive order banning the use of either hydroxychloroquine or azithromycin, an antibiotic found to be particularly effective when combined with a first drug. The governor said he would continue banning the medicines until peer-reviewed evidence showed they were effective, which is exactly what the doctors have just given him. The doctors explain that so far, some 2,333 patients have been treated with both hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin in countries like France, China, South Korea, and the U.S. Of those patients, 2,137 have shown significant improvements after receiving treatments. That comes out to 91.6% of patients who recovered after being treated with hydroxychloroquine. The doctors noted that of the 63 deaths reported, all but 11 were from a single report from the Veterans Administration in which all the patients involved were already severely ill. Researchers have studied the antiviral properties of these drugs since 2003 and say that when combined with zinc, they successfully block viruses from reproducing. Another side effect appears to be preventing the body's immune system from overreacting, which helps prevent lung damage as well. Researchers also found that patients treated with hydroxychloroquine recover much faster than those on other medicines, which frees up doctors and resources to help other patients. In their letter to the governor, the doctors say there's no reason people should continue dying while affordable, widely used drugs could be available if the government would stop restricting their access and threatening physicians who use them. Pearson Sharp, One America News. Want to see more videos like this? Click on the link. Okay. So that was from... The... Okay, so... The... No, I don't need the Centers for Disease Control Report. Why that popped up, I have no clue. I don't need to recover the page either. All right. So, this was from um, the American Centers for, or American Association of Physicians. Right? Yeah. Association of American Physicians and Surgeons. Pardon me. So let me read this to you, the caption in the One American News Network uh, description says, according to doctors with the American Association, the, oh damn it, I said it wrong again, Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, over 90% of patients treated with hydroxychloroquine successfully recovered from coronavirus. One America's Pearson Sharp reports. Alright, so we got all that in. And there's a link in the YouTube description where you can go see that. Um, there is a lot of quackery out there on uh, these YouTube videos. I watched one that was uh, written by a gal. Let me find her name because I Google searched her. Judy... Mikovits. Um, there was somebody put on their Facebook news feed um, what seemed like a good video, a good little 30 minute, 25, 30 minute documentary. Um, and I'm not going to attack Dr. Mikovits here 
because I don't have the money to get sued by Dr. Mikovits. But she has had some troubles with her research. Um, she explains it in the video, however. Um, and she does make a good argument that a lot of these people, you know, even, you know, Fauci and, uh, what's his name, director of the CDC, you know, they have a lot of, a lot invested in, um, this stuff. You know, there's a lot that they have on the line. Um, they make a lot of money on the side with these patents and vaccines and so on and so forth. Um, but it, you know, when you read her medical history and how she, he's had, she has had, uh, some of her research papers redacted once they've been peer reviewed, it kind of makes you say, you know, I better take this with a grain of salt, um, as you should everything. And you should always be fact-checking things. I know I quickly posted it to my Facebook page. And I was like, man, I better check this out. So I googled her name. And she has a good book uh, out called... Um, about Well, I don't know what the hell it's called. It's about pandemics and stuff. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Or real slow. Okay. The, the name of her book is Pandemic of Corruption. And I guess in the book she goes into uh, detail about how all these advisors and, you know, scientific people uh, working for the government and so on make money off of research, development of drugs, vaccines, uh, treatments, a.k.a. medications, uh, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, there's a good chance that it's, you know, some people in the pharmaceutical industry may want to keep us sick, not just with coronavirus, but in general. She said another thing that really scared the living shit out of me. And that was, um, if you get a flu shot, it increases your chance of getting the coronavirus. And I think it's going to, you're going to have to consult your physician on that. That's not, that's, that's what triggered me to Google search her and see, you know, what she was all about. And, you know, if the things that she addressed in her video uh were true and you know but she addressed some things but there were some things she didn't address like there were there was more than one uh study of hers that was re redacted and uh somebody that helped her in founding a research institute quit um over controversial research tact stuff. You can Google Judy uh, Mark Markovitz and see for yourself. So, but you just got to be careful with stuff like that. Um, there have been doctors taken off of YouTube and Facebook and this and that 
that seemed like they were presenting, you know, legitimate concerns. Um, and remember, when this all started, it, every doctor you saw on the news said that the media panic created around the virus would be worse than the virus itself. And, you know, faced with numbers like, you know, 4 million Americans dead if we did nothing, 2.2 million Americans would die if we uh, did some mitigation. You know, this was enough to scare everybody into, you know, the, the measures that our doctors and our governors and our president took. But now, you know, we're learning more. We have more information. It seems like 80% of the public has been uh, possibly exposed to this and been either asymptomatic or it just didn't, nothing, did nothing to them. Uh, they just didn't catch the virus. And, you know, more and more antibody studies are showing people's immune systems are doing what they're supposed to do. Uh, you know, like the OAN video says, uh, 63 patients out of the 2,000 that died uh, with the hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc combination, all but 11 of those people were from a VA study, and they all had already been in very poor health they were already very sick from other things so you know this also brings up the idea that if somebody dies with COVID-19 their death certificate is marked coronavirus as the cause of death well that may not be the case you know if they have pneumonia and then there's, there are coronavirus um, cells found in there. Well, pneumonia is a coronavirus. But COVID-19 cells are found in the, their system. They're marking as a COVID-19 death. Okay. That may not be the case. If somebody has um, COPD and their lungs have fibrosis, that's close to the same uh, thing as what would show in COVID-19, the, the fibrosis of the lungs, damage of the lungs. Um, I'm not a doctor, so I'm trying to remember what the doctors said. Um, but So unless you look closely you may misdiagnose their cause of death as coronavirus when really, yeah, they caught the coronavirus, but it was their COPD that was their downfall. Um, the coronavirus just complicated it. And you don't die of complications from something. You die from something. You either die from coronavirus or you don't. So if the COPD was the real cause of death, it doesn't matter that you had coronavirus cells 
in you. Those did not cause your death, is what some doctors are saying. Okay? And there have been papers, and it's been put in writing by health departments that if somebody, you know, dies of the flu or pneumonia, but they had coronavirus uh, cells as well, that you're supposed to mark them as a coronavirus death. Okay? Um, now, there are rumors that if hospitals diagnose you uh, with coronavirus, they get, you know, $13,000 from Medicare. If they put you on a vent, you get, they get $30,000. Well, ventilators, you know, weaken your lungs, in case you didn't know that. You know, you have to be gradually taken off a ventilator. I've been on one. I know. They gradually turn the ventilator down until maybe it's doing one breath per minute and your body is doing the rest. And a lot of doctors and nurses would prefer to put you on a CPAP or a BiPAP, which pushes air into your lungs or oxygen into your lungs oxygen you know oxygenated air whatever you want to call it into your lungs but your lungs do the breathing that strengthens your lungs well it doesn't strengthen them but it it keeps them working on their own more than a ventilator which is pulling air in and pushing air Pulling air out and pushing air in, in and out, like you would breathe. It's breathing for you, okay? So, you know, that those are some of the arguments uh, against ventilators and that, you know, people, hospitals, doctors, whatever, are getting more money from Medicare for taking these steps. Now, obviously, that's not conspiratorial, you know, uh, they, they think it's going to cost more to treat you for coronavirus, so they're paying more. Um, if you're on a ventilator, ventilators are expensive. They're going to give the hospital more money because it's expensive to keep you on a ventilator. So that could be the reason why you know doctors are getting more money hospitals are getting more money if you're diagnosed with COVID-19 and getting more money if you're put on a ventilator it's not necessarily like the doctor says yep let's give them a vent so we can get that extra 38 grand or whatever it is the doctor doesn't see that money the hospital might see it but the doctor probably doesn't um but it, you know, it's just, you got to watch these things and think things through before you go out and put them on Facebook and YouTube uh, and Twitter like I did. Um, you know, I ended up taking down uh, Dr. Markovitz's post uh, documentary, it was called, because I found out there were a lot of negativity around her research. So that's just something we have to look out for. And there's been a, a big 
purging on YouTube and Facebook of what they deem as bad information. The bad, the bad side to that is uh, Facebook hopefully Mark Zuckerberg sees the light but Facebook is using World Health Organization information as their fact check for what people are posting. And we know the World Health Organization's dropped the ball a multitude of times in this crisis. So why would we go by their information? They said this could not be spread human to human because China told them so. Come on, dude, you're the World Health Organization. The world is counting on you to organize health. <laughs> I mean, gee whiz. Uh, and you're taking you know, China's word for it when they, after China locked up the doctor who said this was uh, an unknown, very unusual uh, illness and it's spreading rapidly. The World Health Organization took China's advice after they locked a doctor up. Uh, and the doctor ended up dying, wink, wink, from uh, coronavirus. Man, I bet the Chinese government didn't plan that one. So, uh, I think, you know, the WHO and Facebook need to get Their information may be from, you know, John Hopkins, the Mayo Clinic, the Cleveland Clinic. I'm biased because I'm from Ohio. Uh, maybe one of the world-class hospitals in your own damn country, Mark. Instead of listening to Bill Gates and uh, the rest of your wealthy crony buddies that just want to vaccinate us all. Um, but... Anyhow, that's all the ranting and raving I can do for for today. Um, maybe I'll do another segment. These are videos and things have been going an hour, and well, let's stop here. This is a stopping point. On and so forth. People I ran into said that last November and December they felt they had something like coronavirus. And as my cousin put it, my cousin Mike said, man, I was so sick, I didn't even want to drink beer. And you know, if I don't want beer, I'm really sick. Uh, <laughs> and uh, a young lady I, I talked to that sells me these cigars that you see me and hear me puffing on. She told me that in December, she was diagnosed with an unidentifiable respiratory virus. Uh, so, you know, they didn't know what COVID-19 was at that point. It wasn't even called COVID-19 at first. Remember, at first, the media called it the Wuhan coronavirus 
the China coronavirus. Uh, Trump did not coin those phrases, media. But let's talk about this electione. Um, as I adjust myself. By the way, yeah, I'm stuffing my face. These are awesome. See that? They're little mini Pop-Tarts. And it's kind of cool. You can just grab them and, you know, pop one in. So, so Joe Biden had a little bit of an edge in uh, the polling for a brief time. Now Reuters is reporting Biden's edge evaporates as Trump seen as better suited for economy, coronavirus response, polls, poll shows. So let me get ready to link that in the description for you guys on YouTube so you can read it yourselves and not take my filthy word for it. Um, I'm glad to hear this. Uh, you know, with all the stuff that Joe Biden does, and I mean, not everybody watches the news ever, but I mean, you don't even have to watch the news or be in tune uh, to see how creepy and strange Joe Biden acts. Um, all you have to do is do a gift search. You know, there's little, you know, everyone knows what a GIF is if you're listening to YouTube and, and podcast world. I mean, he's, he's a GIF. Biden sniffing women and children is a GIF. One of those little animated things. So there's a picture of Trump looking stern. New York Reuters. Joe Biden's advantage over Trump over President Donald Trump and popular support has eroded in recent weeks as the presumptive Democrat non presidential nominee struggles for visibility with voters during Corona pandemic. No, trust me. The more the voters see Joe Biden, the less they're going to like Gaff Biden. Let me start that sentence again. Democratic presidential nominee struggles for visibility with voters during the coronavirus pandemic, according to Reuters IPSOS poll released Tuesday. An opinion poll conducted on Monday and Tuesday found 43% of registered voters said they would support Biden on November 3rd in the November 3rd presidential election, while 41% said they would back Trump. So that's within the margin of error. So Trump's probably really ahead. That makes the contest essentially a toss-up, as the results are within the poll's credibility interval. Okay, so now it's called a credibility interval. It used to be called a margin of error. 
Biden led by six percentage points in similar polls last week and by eight in polls ran April 15th to 21st. Former vice president has been forced to run his presidential campaign from his Delaware home. Well, Trump's running his from the White House. Um, you know, Biden could be on social media as much as Trump is on. I mean, the, the news networks don't even cover Trump's press conferences anymore. So, you know, CNN doesn't run them. PMSNBC doesn't run them. You know, so Joe Biden could use social media the same way, you know, Trump is. You know, I mean, Trump's not even campaigning. He's just running the country during a pandemic. He's not campaigning at all. So anyways, uh, he's been forced to run the campaign from his Delaware home in keeping with restrictions amid combating the coronavirus, which has killed 70,000 people in the United States and put 30 million people out of work. They had to get that, had to get that, that negativity in there. Of course. By contrast, Trump has put himself, Trump has put himself at the helm of the U.S. pandemic response with regular White House briefings until recently. So, yeah, that's, you know, that's what the president's supposed to be doing. They're accusing the president of using the White House briefings to campaign, which is the same thing PMS, NBC, and CNN have been doing. Uh, some of Biden's most dominant recent headlines focused on a former Senate aide's allegation that he sexually assaulted her in 1993. Biden said last week, the alleged assault never happened and asked the Senate to make public any documents related to the accusation by Tara Reid, who worked as a staff assistant in Biden's Senate office in 92 and 93. The political impact of the situation is not yet clear. In the Reuters IPSOS poll, which showed 53% of the American public said, they were somewhat and very, somewhat or very familiar with Reed's allegation. Again, you don't need the Tara Reed allegation. There are countless videos of Biden in public appearances. It's hard to talk with cigar in your mouth. But there are countless videos of him in public touching young girls inappropriately. Uh, I heard one allegation. I didn't quite believe it, but then I saw a video of it. And it was, you know, Joe Biden up behind, you know, some young girl. And he leans down, he puts his hands around her waist. And he, you know, he sniffs her hair and get, tries to give her a kiss and she pulls away. And then he, as he's leaning over to say something to uh, this other female that I think is the girl's mom, you see him move his hand up to where this little girl's breast would be. 
she was too little to have breasts, but still he moved them, you know, from her waist up. It's clear as daylight. You don't need the Tara Reid allegation to know Joe Biden is a creeper. Plain and simply. There are countless videos. Videos of him hugging on women too long to where they start to push him back and he doesn't release the hug. Alright, so let's get back to the article. 30% said Trump was better leading the country's coronavirus response, while 35% would prefer Biden. That is insane. Why would you want... I mean, Biden and Obama left our country high and dry after the Ebola virus. They had the bird flu, the swine flu, and the Ebola to get a pandemic response in place. Instead, you know, they gave out medical equipment, PPE, to anybody that asked for it, and they gave them whatever they asked for. And that sounded great at the time. But they never replenished the strategic stockpile. Oh. A similar poll in mid-April showed Biden had a slight edge over Trump when it came to the nation's response to the disease. So people are starting to step up and like what Trump is doing. Overall, overall, 42%. Oh, wrong. Now, I've heard Trump's approval ratings higher than this, but it says overall 42% of Americans said they approved of Trump's performance in office, while 53% said they disapproved. The president's popularity remained relatively flat for more than a year. Reuters IPSOS poll was conducted online in English throughout the United States and it gathered responses from 1,200 American adults, including 1,100 or 1,015 who identified as registered voters. It had a credibility interval, a measure of precision of plus or minus three percentage points. So Trump's probably slightly ahead of Biden on uh, approval points. Just because Republicans tend to do better on election day than they do um, in uh, in polls, that's just a general rule of thumb. Let me see if there are any other good headlines here. What life would look like inside the world's longest lockdown. That sounds kind of interesting. Time Magazine. Let's see what they have to say. 
Kashmir was just before the whole world went into lockdown. Kashmir was coming out of one. At the start of the year, before coronavirus hit, the Indian government had been slowly lifting restrictions on movement and communication that it had imposed in August 2019, which stripped Kashmir of long-held constitutional autonomy and imposed direct rule from Delhi. Well, that's kind of interesting. You can Google that article for yourself. What else is in the headlines right now? Just read some headlines. and We'll do five more minutes of video for you guys. Because I know you love me. Virus whistleblower says Trump administration steered contracts to cronies. Hmm. Now that the House of Representatives wants to investigate Trump. New York Times, well, this will be totally unbiased. A federal scientist who says he was ousted from his job. Uh, this guy wasn't even ousted by Trump. Uh, disputed. Okay, so a federal scientist who said he was ousted from his job amid a dispute over unproven coronavirus treatment. Okay, COVID or hydroxychloroquine is what he's talking about. Uh, treatment pushed by Trump said Tuesday, top administration officials repeatedly pressured him to steer millions of dollars in contracts to clients well-connected with a consultant. Rick Bright, who is Director of Department of Health and Human Services, Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, until his removal in April. He was removed by somebody else. He wasn't removed by Trump. Uh, Trump, I think this is the guy Trump said he never even heard of the other day at a press conference when they tried to press him on that. So, anyways, there's your daily dose of my opinions. Enjoy while you can. And, uh... We're going to enjoy it. I don't care. Um, but away we go. Thanks for listening. God bless you all. Pray for one another. And uh, stop the spread of coronavirus by not wiping your snot on your friends. There you go.